Greetings, everyone. This is Julio again, your host for my Got A New Podcast YouTube channel. And this episode is specifically part of my new Teach to Teacher meditation course. In this episode, what I'm going to share with you is a brief review of lessons one through three, a key of knowledge teaching related to the experience where we're going to focus specifically on the prophetic statement concerning Jesus's and our prayer life where it states he awakens my ear to hear as to learn and then I'm going to share a meditation practice with you where you can use your breath to train your mind in order to hear and learn from God and then I'm with that I'm going to give you some further suggestions as to how you can improve your overall experience with this in reviewing lesson number one what we discovered that Jesus taught and experienced prayer as an educational event. In other words, this was part of his to hear as the learned experience. And where in the Our Father template, he talks about experiencing daily bread, which of course in a future episode we're going to cover. But in Matthew chapter 6, verse 6, he begins to give us some instructions as to how to pray. And in these instructions, he gives us location as to where we can experience God as a father. And that location, he said, was in secret. We found out in that episode that that word secret means inward. In other words, within you. And then in that same episode, we also discovered that in this environment, is where God sees in secret. Now, if we were to read this based off of an English language, we would think that he's looking at something, but this is why it's important to discover definitive root word perspectives about key words that unlock deeper meanings, deeper perspectives, and deeper applications concerning the scripture. So in this particular case, in Matthew chapter 6, verse 6, when it says, that the Father sees in secret. That word sees there is defined as to open up the eyes and the ears or to turn the thoughts or to direct the mind to a thing, to look at something, to consider, to contemplate, or to examine it. He's, this is actually a reference to the discernment process. In other words, this is God's part in teaching or directing our minds to discern, which we're going to cover, of course, in future episodes as to how that all works. And then it goes on to say that we also discover in lesson number one that as a result, what God does is he rewards us openly. And we have discovered in that episode that what he rewards us with is knowledge that is perceived, or in other words, discerned through an intimate experience and relationship. Well, the relationship part, we're pretty much all familiar with. In other words, we, according to Psalms chapter 82, verse 6, we are gods, we are children, we are offsprings of God. In other words, we're an extension of his being. And the intimate experience that this definition is referring to is going within through a meditative mindset in order to learn how to posture or position your mind to learn from him for every area of your life. In lessons two and three, we went into Matthew chapter six, verse nine, and then there he begins to give the instruction as to how to do it. And then he goes on to say, therefore pray in this way. That phrase in this way is a reference to a prescribed path. In other words, how he experienced prayer is how he was about to teach prayer. 
So normally people, when they say the Our Father, what's called the Lord's Prayer, the Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be the name, and that whole discourse, we know for a fact that it's not a prayer that uh, he designed or that he taught people to quote. Otherwise, we would see a lot more, that we would see a lot more references to this process in the uh, scriptures. But when you look at the deeper meanings, what we discover, it's actually a template. It's a key of knowledge instruction that once you unlock specific word meanings within the structure of the lesson, what you discover is an experience. And that experience is to overall to hear as to learn. Remember Isaiah chapter 50 verses 4 and 5, morning by morning. The scripture says that God would awaken him. And that he would awaken his ear to hear as to learn. Well, this is the same process that we can experience if we teach and train our minds to experience it. And where does this happen? Well, it happens in this place called heaven, according to this verse. But we discovered that heaven has multiple meanings, depending on where it's found in the scripture. But overall, it's defined as the abode or residence of God. It's also described as an atmosphere or an environment which what is which is what the kingdom of God or slash the kingdom of heaven is within our minds but then we also discover that it's also defined as the breath of man and we, we went into all of that uh, and this is why the topic of pretty much this episode is going to be again about the breath and the significance of it concerning hearing what the Bible refers to as a breath of life, in other words, another expression of the voice of God, but also how you can use your natural breath to teach you how to experience spiritual breath. In other words, the voice, the thoughts of God, the breath of life. So we went into that, and then we discovered some verses in Job chapter 27, verse 3, and chapter 33, verse 4, where Job stated, As long as my breath is in me, the Spirit of God is in my nostrils. The Spirit of God has made me, and the breath of the Almighty gives me life. So in other words, your breath is synonymous with the breath of life. And we went through all of the, those uh, little nuances in the last in, the, in lessons two and three concerning what that looks like with other key words. For example, what the word pneuma means and rhema. They all are referencing to this whole thing about experiencing breath. And then... We found out how it happens is that, first of all, there has to be this hallowing process. How is it, uh, uh, this phrase that we have that he taught, hallowed be your name. Well, the word hallowed, we've discovered that it means to make holy, to sanctify, or to mentally position your mind to worship. It's also defined as to prepare or set something or someone apart. For a special purpose. In that episode, I mentioned the parable of the four soils. This is a reference to what the Bible refers to as father ground. In other words, we know it as good ground according to the parable, right? So in other words, when you're preparing your mind, you're removing all distractions in order to experience God as a teaching spirit. John chapter 4 verses 23 and 24 also clue us into this experience when Jesus told the woman at the well, but the hour is coming and now is when true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeks such to worship Him. God is a spirit and they who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. And this is actually what this whole meditative process is. This is what the whole Our Father template does. 
it brings you to a place where you now you un, you worship God in spirit and in truth. How? Well, you position your spirit to acquire truth from God. And this is what God wants most of, you know, from us. You know, a lot of people look at the, the, the concept or the practice of worship as music and hallelujah and praise in the name and all these other things. And those are all good and they all have their place. But let me ask you a question. Would you think that God would rather be sung to and praised and, you know, given all these accolades and all this other stuff and these nice big words? Or would he rather be learned from? I think that the latter is true. In other words, instead of looking at worship as just simply instruments and songs and all these different things that we can, you know, once we can praise God for, how God wants to be worshipped. How the Father wants to be worshipped, according to John, chapter 4, verses 23 and 24, is through spirit and in truth. In other words, positioning your spirit to acquire truth from Him. Remember what truth is. Truth is the language of God. And then we discovered how that happens, and that is through the name. Remember the name. Right now, a lot of people, again, just simply think that the name of, of God is God, Jesus, Lord, Christ. And these are all descriptions, but God doesn't really have a name. You know, even from the beginning, you know, you know the whole story when uh, the brother came up to God, who shall say sent me? Remember that God uh, with Moses and I am that I am. And then, you know, we have the God of Jacob and the God of Israel and all these other things. But God never had a name. And the reason for that is because he is whatever you need for him to be. So if we were to assign a name to God, we would limit him to that function. But here, when he said, hallowed be your name. What he's referring to in this lesson, when Jesus was teaching this, remember, he was experiencing this. He was experiencing the breath of God. We discovered that in the lessons two and three, that the name there, one of the definitions that you'll discover is the breath of God. In other words, the reason why you're hallowing, you're sanctifying, and you're making your mind holy is to experience the name as a teaching spirit. And then I shared with you in that episode about the triune function of God, that when we experience God as a name, in other words, in the name of God, where we're experiencing God as a father, as a redeemer, through a teaching spirit experience. So for those of you who are looking for knowledge concerning that, I have a lot of other videos on my YouTube channel that you're welcome to look at. And of course, a lot of content within my books related to that experience. So again, what is made holy to mentally worship? It's our minds. And this is what we're trying to do. We're trying to teach ourselves how not to just hear the voice of God, but more importantly, how do we sit like in a classroom setting to actually learn from God? So what's the special purpose of turning our, our minds into this father ground, into this holy place, uh, into ex penetrating truly to be told or stepping into what the Bible refers to as the kingdom of God is to experience the name as a breath of life. In other words, as a voice or a thought process of God, or to simply summarize it, is to experience God as a teaching spirit for every area of our lives. And why breath? Why am I going to stay on this topic? Or why, since the beginning of this, am I going to uh, pretty much focus on this whole practice of breath? It's because of what breath does. What is the function of breath? Breath gives life. So in other words, just like without a breath, you know, if, if we were to stop breathing, of course, after so many minutes, 
our bodies would go dead. Well, it's the same thing spiritually. We are not really awakened or quickened, as some would like to say, to the voice or the thought process or the breath of life. In other words, experiencing God as a teaching spirit unless we allow or position our minds and our body to be inspired by God. And this is what the totality of this course is really all about, is experiencing God in a way that perhaps we not, are not currently experienced. Because most people, truth be told, when we talk about prayer, we look and we practice prayer simply as an activity where we're talking to God. And when we look at clarity concerning Jesus's prayer life, I write about it uh, in my second book, The Mystery of Prayer Reveal. When that whole book, what I did was I broke down Jesus's prayer life. And that's what that whole book is about, is that the foundation of his prayer life and the purpose of it was to hear as to learn. In other words, his prayer time was an educational event. And this is something that we should all be experienced when we position ourselves to do this thing we call prayer. In other words, we shouldn't only be talking to God. More importantly and more of, we should be learning or hearing from God within our minds. So that's what we did in lessons two and three. And for those of you who are into study, well, of course, in those episodes, I give you all of the resources. In other words, I give you all the Strong's and the ancient Hebrew lexicon Bibles versions of these words and also Thayer's Greek dictionaries. In other words, every resource that I tap into where I'm sharing with you knowledge concerning these definitive root word perspectives, you'll always find the reference number or letter to it in the original teachings where I shared that knowledge. And of course I share, that's the only way that I write and teach. So, so if you've if you ever read my books, you'll see all the footnotes and you'll, so that you can go ahead and study this out for yourself. Now in this slide, uh, just a little bonus I wanted to throw in there concerning this whole thing about breath and experiencing God within you as a teaching spirit through it. You'll find here 10 verses on this slide that you can go and examine on your own where these verses, and there's more, by the way, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't fit any more on this slide, otherwise it would have been too bunched up, but you'll discover that the Bible has a lot to say about your breath and God's breath as being one and how we can experience one through the other. So these are 10 verses that kind of speak or teach to that reality. So for those of you who are listening to this in, on the podcast, let me encourage you to go to the video episode that is in the bottom link here of the show notes. And there you can actually see this slide for yourself so that you can uh, study these out for yourself. Now, in this episode, I wanted to give a key of knowledge teaching concerning Jesus's prayer life specifically related to Isaiah chapter 50, verse 4. And that verse reads like this, The Lord God has given me the tongue, the, or the language of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. Now, there are three things that I want you to, to, to peek out or to really grasp a hold of in, these, in this verse. Number one, it says that God gave Jesus, as he does to us, he's given us the language of the learn. And of course, we're not going to go into this in this episode. Plenty of content in my books related to this, and of course, in, form, in other videos. But the, what the language of the learned is, the language of God, is truth, as I mentioned before. So no matter what the topic of discussion is, good, bad, or ugly, 
It's truth. In other words, if it's coming from God within your mind, it's truth. So God has given us access to truth. In other words, to his voice, because of course, with his presence comes his voice. And it goes on to say that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. Normally we look at that in G through Jesus' uh, ministry and think that he was speaking encouragement to others, and he was. But truth be told, the he or the her of this verse is actually a reference to personalization. In other words, the one that kind of always has to have a word in season spoken to them is actually, this is what the whole part of the encourage, encourage ourselves in the Lord is all about. So in other words, one of the functions of truth is that when we find ourselves in a weary state of being, and that weary could be a lot of things, it can be depression, it can be anxiety, it can be fear, it can be all kinds of different things. But this is where God encourages us and teaches us to think and to emotionalize, and no, that's not a word, but to have different emotions concerning these negative events that we may go through. And this is part of that, I can do all things to Christ who strengthens me, and we can talk about that in a future episode. But the point that I want to get across here in this is that God gifts us with the language of truth. And then it goes on to say in this, in the, in this verse that he awakens me morning by morning. So every day that we awake after our morning, and it doesn't matter what time your morning is, so whether you're third shift or second shift or first shift or, or no shift at all, you know, no matter when you have your normal rest, of five or four to eight hours, then when you wake up, that's your morning. In other words, God has given you the gift of another day. And then it goes on further to say that he awakens with that morning awakening. He awakens my ear to hear as to learn. And this is where discernment comes into play. This is also where breath comes into play. So in other words, to summarize the event of what Jesus would experience every morning is that initially somehow he had to teach himself, whether it was through other resources, other rabbinical teachings or whatever process he went through. And of course, I write about that in the Mystery of Prayer Reveal as to his educational experience in order to teach his mind how to experience the teacher within. And this is the exact same process that I'm doing here with you. So even though I'm giving you encouragement and instruction and giving you some knowledge, truth be told, you are the most important form of human teacher on this earth. And what I mean by that is when you teach your mind to experience the inner teacher, in other words, the Spirit of God as a teaching spirit, it's over with. You know, you actually have the key that unlocks the knowledge of God for every area of your life. So when we look at this, the word awakens in these verses is defined as to open the eyes. And naturally, that's what happens when you wake up, you open up the eyes. But a deeper definition or description of this word means to wake from darkness. And remember what darkness is for those of you who've been following for a little while. Darkness, many places in the scriptures, is actually a reference to ignorance. Light is a reference to what's, what's referred to as illuminated knowledge. Remember when Jesus said, I am the light of the world. In other words, knowledge that comes from a divine being within. So when, when uh, the scripture says that God awakens his ear to hear as to learn, he's always revealing something to you in your prayer life that you may be ignorant or not have enough knowledge concerning. So in other words, the awakening, the purpose of the awakening is to experience God or divine consciousness. And we are all inherently equipped and blessed to experience this. 
And remember, from lesson number one, this is that part where it says that he who sees in secret that I summarized here a little while ago, well, that happens inwardly. This is God's part in turning our thoughts or directing our minds to a specific content, specific knowledge, or even imagery when we talk about vision that God wants us to focus, to examine, to contemplate. Again, this is all part of the discernment process. So truth be told, awaken, the word awaken is synonymous with discernment. This is what God does to our thinking when we position or train our minds to experience it. And this is what Jesus experienced every single time that he positioned himself to hear and learn from God. Now, speaking of the word here, in this particular verse, that word here is the Hebraic word Shema that you hear me talk about quite often. And it means to hear intelligently. It means a careful healing, hearing, in other words, paying attention. But it also means listening with the breath. Very important, listening with the breath. In other words, how you hear is listening with the breath. Well, when you're hearing the voice of God, that's the breath of life. But there's also another form of learning, and we're gonna go into this in some of my recommendations here, on how you can use your natural breath to train your mind to hear the breath of life. In other words, the voice of God. The uh, definition that you'll see in a long play of this word here it's defined as a careful hearing of someone or something as well as responding appropriately in obedience or action to whatever you heard of. So what this definition is actually defining is acquiring faith from God. In other words, a belief system. You know, Romans chapter 10 verse 17 says it this way. It's one of the most important verses in the Bible in my opinion. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Remember that word, word there is not reference of a brother or a sister preaching or teaching you. It's actually a word, that word, word means rhema. In other words, the utterance, the vocalization of God. That's the ultimate form of the five forms of faith that we find in the scriptures. That's the ultimate form of faith. In other words, when you're getting God's beliefs, systems, for your life, it always comes with action. In other words, steps, what the Bible refers to as works. So when God is revealing something to you, remember he, he, he teaches in three ways, through knowledge, understanding, and wisdom. Knowledge is information that he speaks to you about. Understanding is further explanation of that knowledge. And then the wisdom of God is when he gives you the action steps. In other words, this is how you manifest or flesh out this experience from your life. So. To hear as to learn is acquiring that level of knowledge of God. It's also, uh, just to kind of give you a little freebie here, it's also the 30, the 60, and the 100 fold of the parable of the sower. Remember, 30 is a reference to knowledge. 60 is a reference to understanding. 100 fold is wisdom. And of course, I share all that knowledge in the, in the books and also in prior episodes concerning that topic of the, the parable of the four soils, which by the way, is the most important parable that Jesus taught by his own words. He said, if you can't understand these, you will not understand the other ones. And all of his parables had to do with an inward experience, trust me. Re once you understand the parable of the soils, all the other parables make total sense. So going back to part of that definition for the word hear, where it's defined as listening with the breath. Well, how can you listen with the breath? Well, by only paying attention to your breathing. 
when you're learning how to do this. And we're going to do a little activity related to that. So your natural breathing can be used as a portal or a tool or as an opening to be more conscious of you experiencing God's breath, voice, or thoughts. They're all the same thing, just described in different ways within the scriptures. So the primary purpose of this inner awakening in other words, the reason why God awakens or gives us the ability to discern so that we can learn from Him is to experience Him as a teaching spirit for every area of our lives. The breath of life and discernment are a part of what the Bible refers to as the first principles of the oracles of God. And you'll find that mentioning, by the way, in Hebrews chapter 5, verse 12. And we're going to uh, stay on that verse for a little while in a future episode. But in this verse, it reads simply, For though... By this time, you ought to be teachers. You need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God. And you have come to need milk and not solid food. Paul is describing here uh, people who are immature, truth be told. And one of the first principles of the oracles of God, many of us don't even get that from our human teachers, is the breath. Remember, oracles is the utterance or the vocalization of God. Remember, when God breathed the breath of life into Adam, and he became what? A living soul. A living soul is just simply a reference to a soul that has the ability to set itself up as the classroom of God so that the Spirit of God is a teacher of your spirit. Remember, I've shared with you this before. When you position your body in an attentive form, you position your body to be an educational temple for God. When you're positioning your mind, which is really where your soul is at, it, to be focused on one thought process alone, and that is to experience a thought process of the voice or the breath of life or the thoughts of God in conversational thought structure, what you're doing is you're positioning your soul to be the classroom of God. And then what you're doing also in that process is your spirit is its student. So again, when you position your mind through the concept or the practice of meditation, to specifically hear and learn from God. Your body becomes his educational temple, your soul becomes his classroom, and your spirit now becomes his student. And Jesus did this morning by morning to hear as the learn. And we're gonna, again, we're gonna delve into that verse a little bit more in future episodes uh, concerning spiritual maturity. What the Bible truly says is a spiritual mature person. You're gonna be probably shocked by some of the things that I'm going to be sharing with you in that episode. So stay tuned for that. So now that I've said all of this, remember that the name of this course is called Teach the Teacher. Even though I'm sharing knowledge with you in the form of a teacher, right? But yet this is not the knowledge that you should only be looking for. You become a teacher when you teach your mind in order to experience the inner teacher. And there's a lot of different ways that we can go about this. But the reality is there's a primary technique that I want you to focus on. And that is experiencing your breath. Because again, your breath has the potential uh, to, for you to experience the mind of God within your mind as a teaching spirit. In other words, experiencing the breath of life. And remember again, what does breath do? Breath gives life, not just natural life, but spiritual life through spiritual instruction that we experience within our minds. So let me encourage you to do this, is to set an intentional time to practice, preferably in your mornings. 
So in other words, uh, how I do it is I get up and I take care of all my body functions and I do all that stuff and then I block out a specific time where I go right here where I'm at and sometimes there's different other places around my home. If I'm here at, at the house and this is where I specifically come in order to be not distracted by auditory or visual distractions. In other words, a place of peace, a quiet place. This is the reason why he instructed to go into your room or your closet to shut the door. So we don't only do that physically, like right now to my left, there's a doorway which I have shut, but that's not the door only that it's this uh, teaching that he teaches concerning the Our Father prayer. He's teaching us to experience. He's also referencing to teaching or closing the door of the mind to competing thoughts, other distractions, and we'll talk about more of that, of course, as this, this course goes on, as far as different ways that we can do this. So now that you've determined where your sacred space or your closet or your room or that place where you're actually going to learn from God is, I want to encourage you to sit upright and comfortable, similar to positioning yourself to be in school. Remember, it's, it's going to school, and that's exactly what this is. The kingdom of God within your mind, the kingdom of heaven, which Jesus called it as, as well, it's a school. So we must be a, as attentive possible that we can possibly be. So that's in your mind, your body, and your spirit. So the first thing is your body. That's why I encourage people to sit upright, because if we pray you know, on our knees, which is traditionally what people are taught to pray, or uh, walking even, or rocking as the Jewish people do, or, or any other way, uh, nothing wrong with that again. That's, that's a prayer practice. I, I'm not uh, criticizing that. But the point that I want to get across is that those types of prayer postures are not conducive to learning. In other words, you want to be still so that you can know God in this way. So that's why, again, I encourage you to find a comfortable position, whether it's in a chair, on a pillow, on a cushion. Personally, right now, I'm sitting on a four-inch cushion. This is where I normally get my education from God. And then again, sit upright. Now, once you begin that process, and maybe you've done this already, but I want you to observe without doing anything, just simply observe your thinking processes. In other words, what voices or conversations are going on within your mind. Many of us have not given too much thought nor effort to having a healthier relationship with our minds. And this, what I'm teaching you here, what I'm sharing with you, this is not only about hearing and learning from God. There are multiple benefits to practicing meditation. And the, the, the best benefit is this. It improves your life in every area. It becomes a medicine for your body, your soul, your spirit, your mind. It actually introduces things and, and, and thinking processes and activities and, and sights, or in other words, visions, in other words, instructions that God gives you according to His preferable will that will definitely bless you with being able to become a better version of yourself. So in the beginning stages, again, observe your thinking process and just kind of learn how your mind thinks. Many of us are even afraid to sit with our thoughts because we might have some mental disorder. Uh, that could be depression, other men mental illnesses. And so they're afraid to be with their own thoughts because of what their thoughts are doing. So let me encourage you to sit, you know, and be consistent with this again, is to sit with yourself in the very beginning stages of learning how to do this. You don't have to do this every day because once you've learned how to discern and hear and learn from God, it's over. You don't have to go through all of these techniques and all the things that I'm going to be sharing with you. Right when you sit, your mind is already trained. Boom, you sit 
and you go to school. So in the beginning stages, observe your thinking. That's very healthy because at least there you'll get a gauge for how your mind thinks. You know, one moment you might have a thought process about this activity, this bill you have to pay, or how am I going to do this, or I got to go to work and do this, or I got to speak, or I'm going to have the argument, you know, whatever it is. Just simply observe how your mind thinks. It, it normally, for those of us that are, you know, uh, 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 I, I guess for lack of a better expression, doing normal everyday activities, what happens is our minds are all over the place, thinking about all different things. Well, in the, in the beginning stages of your day, it's the same process. And then what I want you to do is to evaluate the mental distractions that you're going through. In other words, how many thought processes, how many different ones did you have? You know, and in the beginning, all of this can be a challenge and it can be frustrating or even a disappointment when you're learning how to hear from God. But let me encourage you in this. Don't be discouraged by not being able to focus on one thought process yet. Because remember, you're in training. You're teaching yourself how to do this. What I want you to do is to, is to more importantly, to embrace the frustration, to embrace the inability to be able to focus, not focus, I should say, on one thought process. Because truth be told, this is progress. In other words, we have to kind of look at the condition of our minds when we're beginning uh, of doing this so that we can see what needs to be fixed. And it's all fixable through different techniques and consistency. I tried many of them. In the beginning stages when I did this process, when I was evaluating my mindset, it was all over the place. I mean, it took me a long time to really calm my mind down. But one of the things that I give myself kudos for is that is I didn't give up. And there were times when I did want to give up because it was frustrating. You know, I would have those thoughts. Is this right? Is this God? Or is this the devil? You know, I was told you don't do this. You know, this is taboo. And all of the different things that we come across that really speak negatively about this inner experience, truth be told. And it's impossible to experience God as an educational spirit if we don't meditate, because that's what meditation does. It's one of the primary functions. Remember what the original purpose that God created the human mind. The original purpose that God created the human mind is to experience his mind in as a teaching spirit. So again, all of these distractions, whatever frustrations you may go through, uh, it's all fixable. I just encourage you to not give up. So once you've observed your thinking and you've examined, you know, the different uh, thought processes that are going on within your head, you know, this is what I want you to do. I want you to take a few deep breaths and then check in with your mind. And you can do this with your eyes closed, which is what I recommend. Um, and that way you're not distracted with whatever visualization you may have in your closet, whatever space you're at. But take a few deep breaths. And then notice what it does to your mind. For the most part, what I discovered when I began to learn how to do this is that, you know, I had all this frustration going on in my mind. Am I doing it right and all that? And I would simply just take a few deep breaths. And then check in with my mind. And what I noticed is that the, 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 the mental activity was lessened. In other words, there was a calming effect that I experienced within my mind when I simply just began to take a few deep breaths. The goal, of course, is to focus on one thought process at a time. So if you can't get there, and we're going to, of course, go into more of this about how this works in future episodes, but if you can't focus on one thought process at a time, 
Then again, try focusing on your breath. But instead of taking the deep ones this time, I want you just to simply focus on your breathing. In other words, and that can be however it's comfortable for you, but whatever works for you. So whether that breathing of yours is coming from in and out of your nostrils, or in and out of your chest, you know, through the lung expansion and contraction, or what they call diaphragm breathing, you know, breathing from the belly, or even if you have to, you know, breathe out of your mouth if you can't breathe through your nostrils. But simply pay attention to only your breathing. And I wish I had a better way of describing this, but it's a miracle. That's the best word that I can think of. Normally, when I was beginning to learn how to do this, what I noticed that when I was having all these distractive mindsets and thought processes and try to discern which one's God's voice and which one's mine's and, you know, which one is, 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 is from another source and all this other stuff, it was my breath, which is one of the tools that actually became a bridge to teach me how to experience the breath of life. Remember, breath gives life. Let me repeat that. Breath gives life. Not only does it do it naturally, like your natural breathing now, but spiritually speaking, the same thing applies. So breath comes with information. In other words, when you're breathing, you're breathing oxygen into your body that, that takes information to different parts of the body. This is why when people get angry, right, what, they, what happens is they shorten their breath and less oxygen comes to the brain and they react from what's called the serpent brain. Deep stuff here. And I, I, I share some knowledge about that in the series that I did concerning the Garden of Eden. And normally when people are angry, when they're anxious, when they're experiencing fear, their breath shortens. And as a result, their mind begins to react in a way that is not healthy. And the same thing is when it comes to this practice of meditation to, to learn how to hear and learn from God, is that the, your breath actually carries oxygen to, of course, different parts of your body, but it's also a healer. It also calms the mind. It sends information to different parts of your body to chill, in other words. So I want to encourage you to, as you yeah, after you take those, those, those deep breaths and, you, and you, to see how you check them with your mind, see where you're at. And then if you have a distracted mind, then just simply focus on your breathing. Now, once you focus on your breathing, I want you to focus on one of the thought processes. And hopefully there'll be only one eventually. But if not, if there's a, a numerous, then try to focus on one. And what I want you to focus on is a topic of conversation or a thought process that you believe that God wants to discuss with you. In other words, to teach you something about. So for those of you who are experiencing challenges with using your breath to calm your mind, you can also use a saying. What in many meditation circles they call mantras. In other words, it's just some type of saying that you say in order to focus on what you're saying. Uh, remember, I've shared with you before that I've tried this technique myself and it does have a, a, a calming effect. Uh, for me, I used to quote specific scripture. And so if my mind was distracted, you know, I would something like simple as, be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. You know, and I would just focus on that. Sometimes I would do it just mentally or sometimes I would do it, you know, just whispering, be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. And just that alone, once again, after you experience it, just check in with yourself. Notice your thinking process. So if you're focusing on what you're saying or if you're focusing on your breathing, the majority of your focus should go to those techniques. 
So again, so if the breath experience doesn't work for you, then try a saying. And there's a lot of other techniques and we can talk about those in future episodes. But I've tried um, uh, soft music. I've tried looking at a candle. I've tried focusing on a specific part of the floor. I mean, there's all kinds of things that you can use as techniques in order to help your mind focus better. But I want to encourage you to focus on your breath, to make that one work if possible. But again, if not, then of course, find something else that works. And if you can't find something else, reach out to me. I can definitely help you to, you know, with this, if, if you know, you're still having that, dist that distractive mind, but I want you to teach yourself. In other words, give it some time, be consistent. This is why consistency is so powerful. You know, there's a saying that practice makes perfect and it's true. The more you practice this, the more perfection, and I'm not talking about perfection, I'm talking about flawlessness. I'm talking about the biblical definition of perfect. The word perfect from the biblical perspective means what? It means to be whole, complete, in other words, to be matured by God. So the more persistent or consistent that you are with this practice, the more you're focusing, uh, you're going to experience, I should say, being matured by God when you learn how to hear and learn from Him. So again, once you've learned to calm your mind, Look for a topic of discussion that you believe that God is awakening your ear to hear as to learn. And then this is the key that will unlock the conversational experience. Begin to have a verbal or mental conversation with that thought process. And how the best way to experience this is to ask questions. Let me give you two quick examples of how I experience this. For those who've been following for a while, I apologize, but I'm going to repeat these two very important lessons. That is this, when God began to teach me concerning meditation, in other words, to study techniques that meditative circles uh, use in order to help calm their mind, I had to ask questions. Well, from who, where? And God was you know, giving me different, di we had dialogue about it. But the primary thing that he instructed me to do was to not adopt their doctrines because revelation, excuse me, meditation schools also have doctrines, kind of like different denominations or religious organizations. But I was only supposed to focus on the techniques that they use to calm the mind with the breath being the most common one through almost every single entity that I explored concerning meditation. That was one. There was another time when God uh, when I was being frustrated by uh, kind of where I was at in life and ministry, and I knew there was more to God than what I was experiencing. I really wasn't hearing the voice of God and, you know, the way I should. And, and then in my mind, I heard the word location, you know, simply a one word location. You know, so a former mentor of mine taught me that whenever you hear a word from God or a sentence, never settle for that alone. Always find more information out about what you're hearing because otherwise there's the danger of assumption. You'll begin to assume what that means and you'll begin to add stuff that really never belonged with what God was trying to teach you to begin with. So when I was hearing the word location, initially my mind was thinking church, different job, different ministry, you know, all these different things that I was kind of frustrated with depending on what was going on in my life at in that season. But when I asked God, where God, what location are you referring to? Ooh, uh, I'm, I'm going to try not to get emotional, but this is a very touching, um, uh, event that happened in my life. Um, God simply said to me this, where I want to take you is within my mind. You've never been there before, you know, and, and where that mind was, was always within my mind, but because I wasn't taught how to penetrate the mind of God by truly discerning and hearing and learning from him how to sit attentively, I just wasn't there yet. I was hearing God 
in different times of my life, but it was like this. You know, many of us go through that. You know, was that God? Was that not? You know, and then we have something good happen to us, and that was God, and something bad, that was the devil. You know, you know, how do you know that it's God or not? You know what I'm saying? And it, well, again, how you know is if you get that information from Him directly. You know, so the art what's referred to as the art of asking questions, when you're having conversations with that thought process, you know, and I do this in different ways. I do it mentally within my mind, thought to thought. I call it to self to self talk. I also call it spirit to spirit talk. Remember, we are spirits uh, uh, with the small s, God is spirit, capital S. I also call it God to God experiences. Remember, capital G is the spirit of God within. And we are small g's. In other words, Psalms 82, verse 6 again, we are gods. You know, and this is how you as a God can position yourself to be taught by the God. And again, all of this can be illustrated and examined through this biblical concept and actual natural process of breathing, believe it or not. So let me encourage you to do this, to try this out, to really work with your breath for a while. Again, give it some time and then to see what happens. And if you have any challenges, then try a saying, a scripture or something that is important or any saying that you believe that would help you to focus on just one thought process at a time, which is of course what you're saying. And then check in with yourself again to see how your mind has calmed down and then look for thought processes concerning different things or topics of discussion that you believe God would want you to hear and learn from Him. So with that suggested meditation practice, I want to also introduce a couple of other suggestions that you can try to help actually help you train your mind throughout your day so that when you do sit in, the, in your mornings, that it becomes a lot easier because you can condition your mind throughout your day to also experience God consciousness. And the two activities that I want you to uh, uh, consider are what I refer to as eating awareness. Uh, this is actually excellent with eating a salad. The more ingredients you have in your salad, the better this experience is. So once you're eating your salad, most of us, depending on where we're at in life, we're chomping that salad down, you know, we're trying to get healthier, or we know that, uh, you know, this food is better than other foods, and you know, all these things, of course, are important. But the reality is a salad that has a lot of ingredients has a lot of exactly that. Ingredients that have different tastes, each ingredient tastes different. Well, when we're eating the salad, we put them all together. So when you're eating that salad, Close your eyes, if possible, and try to pay attention. Of course, if you're doing this while driving, don't do that. But if you're sitting somewhere, try to close your eyes and just try to pick out certain flavors of ingredients that you're chewing on. You'll be surprised at how, you know, on this side is the onion and this side is the tomato and you, how you can just pick up those kind of things, how your taste buds now begin to connect it with your mind and you begin to differentiate, you know, what exactly you put in your mouth. Also, smelling certain foods, different aromas. Another thing you can do is check your chew count. In other words, the more you chew your food, the better digestible it is. Well, most of us don't chew enough. I'm one of them. This is something that I'm learning how to do even myself today, is learning how to chew more so that my food is more digestible. And then try this. This sounds a little bit awkward, but follow the food going down your throat. Pay attention to that. And again, all you're doing is just you're adding some dimensions or some perspectives, if I can even use that 
phrase, concerning your eating habits and how now you're being more conscious regarding it. And with that, you know, notice your stomach fullness. You know, after you ate the half a plate, you know, are you full or are you going to eat the rest? Because most of us actually eat too much. You know, notice as a result of eating that half a plate, do you feel more energized or are you feeling sluggish already? Normally, after you eat a meal and you're feeling sluggish, that means your body consumed too much food. Now it's going to use energy to break it down. And I'm not trying to give you a diet lesson here, but these are things that you can do to teach your mind to simply be more conscious. And another thing to do with your eating process is notice, are you eating because you're truly hungry? Is your stomach truly growling or is it an addiction? In other words, are you eating because of the sugar high or the wheat high or whatever ingredient in is your favorite? You know, and another thing I would encourage you to do, and this is huge, this actually helped me to heal from different illnesses that I was experiencing and that was study labels. In other words, being more conscious of the foods that you're putting in your system. Remember, this is the temple. So if we truly want to be God conscious concerning taking care of our temple, well, then we should be more attentive to what we're putting in our bodies. So being more conscious of your eating can actually help you lose weight, reduce and eliminate toxins for your body, heal illnesses that you may be experiencing, practice what I call self-love or temple maintenance, as I described a little while ago. And personally, this is one or this can be one of the areas that I was most sinful in, uh, uh, where uh, I actually learned to sin less. Remember what sin is. Simply, sin is simply to miss the mark. The mark is always the will of God. What is the will of God? That you take care of your body. So I wasn't taking care of my body because I was eating haphazardly, you know, unconsciously, you know, but when I began to focus and to teach my mind to be more conscious of not just what I was eating, but how, what I was putting in my body, things, I began to heal in different ways. I, you know, I, some of the illnesses that I was suffering from begin to disappear. Uh, those who've been following for the while, I'm actually nursing even still a liver condition. So all of this helped me to sin less. It doesn't mean you're going to be sinless, but you will sin less. The majority of how we sin is actually before a plate. When you understand what sin really is, and we're going to talk about that in a future episode concerning this whole thing about uh, when God talks about teach me about temptations and all these other things about deliver us from evil. We're going to actually you know, talk about our diet in that whole process as well. So be looking out for that episode. So again, uh, be encouraged in that and try it out. You know, uh, you'll find that you can actually teach your mind to be more healthier, to be more conscious. And as a result, you'll actually teach your body to be more healthy and more conscious as well. And, you know, I, I put in here a little sentence here, the humor or praying over contaminated food. I was one of those, you know, say with say grace and think of thanks. You know, we do all the time. Thank you for this food and bless the hands we made it, being nourished into our bodies, all these different things that we say. But many times we're asking God to perform a miracle, especially if that food has contaminated sources like genetically modified foods and all this other stuff. So again, use your eating habits, something you do every day to train your mind to be more conscious Trust me, it's a teacher, your eating habits. Another one is breathing awareness. We've been talking about the breath here for the last few episodes. Human adults breathe on an average, depending on the source. They say between 12 to 20 times per minute. Per minute. So adding that up, that means 28,800 breaths a day. Of course, some of that is sleeping. You're not conscious when that is happening, but you can actually use your breath to teach you how to experience the breath of God. In other words, the breath of life. In other words, to be more conscious of the voice of God. 
And how you do this is notice your breathing when you're experiencing certain emotions, especially the negative ones like anger, sadness, anxiety, or fear. Because what you'll notice is that your breathing patterns become lessened. You breathe more, you know, shorter breath, especially when you're angry or you're fearing something, you know what I'm saying? Uh, your breath shortens. And that's the reason why a lot of people overreact when they're angry because they're not getting enough oxygen. Remember what oxygen does? It brings information to your body. So I experienced this the other day. I experienced some anxiety and even some anger concerning something that someone was trying to do to me. You know, so in the initial stage, of course, react. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, how could they? You know, and I noticed that my breathing was short. So all I did was calm down. This is, again, this is God taught me to do. Calm down, breathe, take those few deep breaths, I was, deep breaths I was talking about earlier. And what I noticed is that I calmed down and I was better able to process the experience where I didn't go off and say or do something that should have never have happened. But then I also positioned myself shortly after to get the breath of life concerning that matter. In other words, God schooled me in how to mentally process what I just experienced. He gave me a remedy for the issue. You know, so again, Throughout your day, do what I call, I call it uh, uh, breath check-ins. Sometimes, um, it doesn't mean that something has to be happening in a negative way, but sometimes I'll just sit, take some deep breath, and just check in with myself. And I'll, you know, in, even in that, that, that experience, all you have is these conversations with God, you know. And it's just, what you're doing is, again, you're using what you experience every day, which is your natural breathing, to teach you how to be more conscious. Trust me. This is a blessing. And this is, again, was one of the main streams of techniques that I found in a lot of the meditation practices that God encouraged me to learn from. The power of breathing, the miracle of breathing. Well, some schools use it for different reasons in terms of focusing on your breath. But scripturally speaking, you can actually use your breath, your natural breath to experience the breath of God. Remember, if you have breath, that's proof that the spirit of God is within you. It's proof that you have a student within you that you can position before the, student, the presence of God in order to be schooled by him. Remember what Job said, as long as my breath is within me, the spirit of the Lord is within me, right? Spirit of the Lord, the Almighty, he is the one who gives me what? Life. And how does he do it? Through breath. So again, check, it, check in with your breath throughout your day. You know, try different breathing techniques. Don't be af afraid to explore them. Go on YouTube. There's a lot of knowledge out there. Buy a book about it. You know, again, be careful because a lot of these schools that teach on these type of things in terms of using your breath for different reasons, for the most part, they all have positive benefits, but some of them do bring inter introduce a kind of doctrinal thing that may not be up your alley. So once again, I just encourage you to, of course, explore some of the things on your own, but be careful because there's a, a, a lot of uh, interesting teaching out there regarding the breath as well. So with all of that being said, remember that God is in and experienced through your breath. Breath is equivalent with God's presence, voice, thoughts, and environment. And when environment, I'm talking about the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven that is experienceable within you as a learning environment. So intentionally being more conscious of your breathing can aid you in teaching your mind to function according to its original purpose. And again, something that bears repeating over and over and over again. What is the original purpose that God created the human mind? Well, it's to experience his mind within it as a teaching spirit. In other words, experiencing him as the breath of life, to breathe life 
into your everyday activities. As always, I hope that this episode was a blessing to you. Let me encourage you to look out for the next episode. In the next episode, we're actually going to begin module two, where we're actually going to focus on the mental practice of discernment and how it's your inherent God-like judging ability that is needed or required in order for you to experience the other part of the template of Jesus's prayer life, where he says, your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So until the next episode, as always, remember that the greatest learning environment that we all have access to is already inherently present, present within us. And that's, of course, the kingdom of God, where we experience the breath of life, also called the kingdom of heaven, and m multiple different things, the garden of Eden, the garden of God, you know, according to the scriptures. And with that environment comes the greatest teacher that you could ever experience in this life. And that is the spirit of God himself who you can experience as a teacher for every area of your life. So until the next episode, stay blessed.